This morning we are in our very last week of this series that we are calling Encounters with King Jesus. When we started this series back in July, I had said that I was feeling led to focus on in this second half of 2018, that I was, I was led to focus on this theme of kingdom as in kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven. And and as I called out back in July that, that I think that this term kingdom can be a little bit confusing for us. What exactly do we mean when we say kingdom? And probably the most straightforward, the, the, most, the most meaningful definition that I can give you is this, that kingdom is the reign and the rule of the king. See, the authority of any kingdom, the power of any kingdom ties directly back to that kingdom's ruler, that kingdom's monarch, that kingdom's king. And so, so in scripture, the idea of kingdom is all about our king, all about the reign and the rule of God and what, what life looks under that reality. And so it's for this reason that we have camped out over these last 10 or 11 weeks looking at the person and the work of Jesus. Looking at these different interactions that Jesus has with all kinds of different people and how through these interactions we see this reality. right? The rule, the reign of God, the kingdom, we, we clearly see that in and through the life of Christ. Because your ability, ability to see that reality, your ability to see the beauty of Jesus, or if you can't see that beauty, or if you won't see that beauty, that's got very direct implications on your life, how you choose to live in 2018. And, and so this, this extended look that we have taken, we're going to wrap it up today, this extended look that we have taken on the beauty and the majesty and the power of Jesus as we are just about ready to jump into our next series, which is part two of this kingdom theme. Coming in two weeks, coming on, on, on September 30th, that we're gonna take this next series out of, of, of the most popular sermon of Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount, that talks to the nuts and bolts of how, how the rule of the king is designed to play out in your life. The rule of this king that has so much to say to the kind of things that we are all searching for, the kind of things that we are all struggling with. How do you find joy in this life? How, how do you respond when someone is actively looking to hurt you? How do you live in greater freedom from things like anger and greed and lust? How do you navigate fear? How can the reality of King Jesus become an ever-increasing reality in your life? We're going to call that next series, Life with King Jesus, how Christ invites you into a beautiful life of surrender. And so our conversation today is actually a perfect setup for our next series because what we're going to see this morning out of Scripture is a story that is all about surrender. It's all about obedience. Obedience in the face of some pretty tough challenges. In today's encounter, we're going to see Mary in Luke chapter 1 who receives a message about the coming Jesus and she has to decide what she's going to do with this invitation that God extends to her. 
and her, her response, her obedience, her surrender to God's invitation is super helpful to us. Because the thing that you have to know is, is that Christ's call to you at its most basic level is the call to come and die. Is a call to surrender. Is a call for your everything. Is a call to, to embrace God's rule in your life. Again, that's, that's the kingdom Im- invitation that is set before you. That call is huge. That call to obedience is big. And so I want to break this down for us with a question. And the question is this. What is one area? What is one area in your life where God is inviting you into greater obedience, but you are finding that tough? You don't have to answer this question out loud. But I wonder, what is your answer to this question? Anytime that you open the scriptures, you're going to see you're going to see any number of things that we are called to do, called to be. Do this. Don't do this. Have this attitude. Think like this. Live like this. Don't live like this. In the face of all the things that we are called to do, do you have a sense of an area for you, a priority for you, where God is is knocking on that area in your life and calling you to a greater obedience. But you are finding that call to obedience. You are finding that surrender to be tough. Again, I'm not, I'm not going to ask you to answer this question out loud, but, but if something comes to mind for you, can I ask you to do this? Will you simply put your hand in the air to say, yep, I have this sense that God is calling me to something, some, some area of obedience, something specific in my life. If that's you, can I see your hand? All right, if you look around, it's a bunch of us. We take a step back from that and come at obedience in a much more general sort of way. Let me ask you this, and, and I, I do need your help with this one. Why do we find obedience tough? What kind of things get in the way of the obedience that God calls us to? What do you find not to be true for you? Dying to self, Right? So let's capture that one. Because dying to self, surrender, is hard. What else? Pride. Right. We get in the way. What we want. What else? Fear. What else? Rebellion. Right, sin. Sin gets in the way. So, really good. Really good. So, what I want us to do is I want to take your issue, right, that thing that you struggle with, and this list that we are creating, right, these things that, that, that get in the way of our obedience. And I want, to, I want to jump into Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26, to see how Mary responds to God's invitation to her to God asking her to obey, to surrender to God's invitation. Luke chapter one, verse 26. 
It's in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, How can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a, a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. So let me call out a few dangers for us here in this passage. Let's call out that this is a unique situation. This is a unique moment in redemptive history. This is a, a unique way in which God's invitation gets relayed to Mary. But do not make the mistake of saying that this situation is so unique that there's nothing here for me. Another danger is this. If you grew up in church, you most likely know this story. And that can be dangerous for us because it can cause us to go, to go too fast with these words and to simply skim the details. So let's make sure that we see these details and let's do that by anchoring on these, these last couple of verses that we get in this conversation between this angel and Mary out of verses 37 and 38. The angel says this, For nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. In these verses, we see Mary's obedience, but but if we play off that word in verse 37, if we play off that word impossible, do you realize how much in this story feels impossible? Can you see that? An angel shows up supernaturally. Now, we might be tempted to think that, hey, these were superstitious people or more inclined to the supernatural than we are, but no one suspects that this is about to happen. I can guarantee you that Mary was not making her coffee the morning of this conversation thinking, you know, I think chances are pretty good that an angel's going to show up today, right? This was not, this conversation was not on her radar, 
that Mary would give birth to Jesus, that, that Mary would give birth to this king. Mary is young. Mary is poor. She's from Galilee, which is considered to be out in the sticks. She's specifically from Nazareth, which is considered to be Hickville Central. She is unmarried. She's about to be pregnant. This is a small town. This is a shame-based culture so that Mary's yes here is going to have huge social consequences for her. That that the almighty God would come to, to humankind as a person. That God would take on flesh and blood that, that flies in the face of everything. This is for Mary a worldview train wreck that flies in the face of everything that she holds to be true as a devout Jew. She's not sure of the mechanics of this pregnancy. Her relative Elizabeth, who was thought to be barren, is now pregnant. In the face of all of this, it says that Mary is confused and disturbed. She's afraid. Remember the question that that, that you and I answered a few moments ago? Why, Why do we find obedience tough? If Mary answers this question, her list has some of the same things that we have on our list, but I I would dare to guess that Mary's list might trump our list. And yet, in the face of all of these impossible things, Mary arrives at surrender, Mary arrives at obedience. Mary says, I am the Lord's servant, may everything you have said about me come true. So how is it that Mary is able to get to this place of surrender? How is it that Mary is able to get to this place of obedience? In the face of all of these impossible things. And make sure that you do not miss this. It's because Mary knows that God, the one who is inviting her into this obedience, that God is the God of the impossible. See, I'm convinced that Mary has this narrative, this soundtrack that that is playing in her head and in her heart that is focused on the goodness and the greatness of this God who is calling her into some tough things. Mary, in a very real and concrete way, knows the goodness of this God, and I'm convinced of that because of what she says as we continue in our verses in Luke chapter 1, in verses 46 through 55. And we see Mary saying this as she talks to her relative Elizabeth. Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord! How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior! For he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He scattered the proud and the haughty ones. He's brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He's filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He's helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. See, I'm convinced that Mary can say yes to this call to surrender. Mary can say, I'm in. I am the Lord's servant. 
that Mary can respond in obedience to God's invitation because the soundtrack in her head and in her heart is so thoroughly God-centered. Mary's got both a rich and a right view of God that enables her obedience because she can see that God is bigger, more compelling than the tough things that she is going to face. And I feel like Right, and we'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that in a second, right? So Mary says, yes, I'm on board, all right? But she's still about to face some really tough things. So realize that Mary's obedience does not automatically mean that that her circumstances suddenly become awesome. Because Mary's invitation to, to God, she ends up traveling to Bethlehem when she is very, very pregnant. Not ideal timing. She's, she's in Bethlehem and, and she's forced to, because of, of there being no lodging available, she's forced to, to use a manger as a cradle for Jesus. The, the political powers that be come after Jesus and the family is forced to flee as refugees into a foreign country. Thus, thus obedience for Mary doesn't automatically mean awesome circumstances. So I think that Mary has to come back to time and time again to this realization confirmed by this angel of who God is, what God wants, what he's like, what he's up to, and who he is inviting her to be. I think that Mary has to come back to this realization that that God's invitation to obedience is always an invitation to something good, to something better because God's invitation to obedience is always an invitation to experience more of him. Especially when things get tough. See, Mary can say, in in the face of this invitation coming from God, Mary can say, in the face of the impossibility of this situation, yes, this obedience is tough, but I know that my God is the mighty one. He is holy. He has done great things. He shows mercy. He does tremendous things. He scatters the proud. He exalts the humble. He he fills the hungry. He helps his people. He is merciful. He fulfills his promises. So if we if we go back to that very first question that we started with this morning, right? What is one area in your life where God is inviting you into greater obedience, but you are finding that tough? Please see that Mary's view of God is incredibly big. Bigger than her circumstances. And so so Mary's view of God is both rich and it is right. That he is the God of the impossible. And so if Mary's rich and right view of God enables her obedience, how does your view of God Rich or otherwise, how does your view of God impact your obedience? 
Can you see that to step forward in that obedience that God is calling you into, can you, like Mary, see that despite the impossibilities, despite the odds, despite the risks, despite you not wanting to obey, despite your own personal reasons for finding that obedience tough, Can you see that God is bigger, more compelling than the reasons that you find that obedience tough? Can you see that God is offering you so much more if you do step forward in surrender, if you do step forward in obedience? I'm going to invite our worship team to come back. And I've got to tell you this. So in in one of the areas where I find myself specifically struggling, I've been encouraged by a friend to expand my own view of God. Not so much the facts that I know about God, but what I believe about God in my heart. What I believe about God in the core of who I am. What I I believe about God deep down in my bones. And, And my friend gave me a chapter out of the Psalms to camp out on, to spend some time with. And that's how I'm gonna leave you this morning. As you contemplate this question on the screen in front of you, as you think about that area in your own life where God is inviting you into greater obedience, as we are about to step into this next series that is all about surrender and the beautiful life that can be yours if you say yes to Christ's call to surrender, I want to leave you this morning with a picture of the power and the might and the holiness of God. And so our worship team is going to play quietly underneath the words of Psalms 104. And it's my prayer that you allow this view of God to impact that area where you are finding obedience tough that you, like Mary, will see that God is so much bigger, that God offers you so much more, if only you will say yes to his invitation to surrender and to obedience.